Welcome to Living with MS Truth Be Told. I'm your host, Marie Heron. Uh, Truth Be Told is a podcast for people who are living with multiple sclerosis. We can be heard on iTunes, Google Play, or you can hear it at our website at www.truthbetold.ca. This morning on the line, we have a young woman by the name of Christine, um, who is very active. Um, she's a patient advocate, um, and she does a lot of work with people with MS, and she's also a very accomplished young woman. And so I just want to say, hi, Christine, how are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you doing? I'm not bad. Thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest with us this morning. It was great how we connected through social media. Um, on behalf of all of our followers, uh, I want to thank you so much for all you do. Uh, you were a college athlete, and then you were diagnosed, what, in 2012? Yes. Okay. Can you tell me a little bit about what that looked like for you, the symptoms, the diagnosis, and the prognosis? Sure. Um, my story is um, a little interesting. It, it took me over five years uh, to get a diagnosis. Of relapsing remitting MS. Mm-hmm. Um, I started having just feelings of waking up like just extremely fatigued, you know, that feeling mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. like you've been hit by a truck. Um, and I started having this weird, like, tingly feeling in my brain. Um, and I had a small tingle in like the left corner of my upper lip. Uh-huh. Um, and I went to a neurologist in my area, and um, we talked about my history of migraines, and he ordered um, an EEG and an MRI. Um, my MRI was clear, um, but they said my EEG was abnormal, and he said I probably had a seizure disorder and atypical migraine. Okay. Um, I didn't have a history of seizures. I had never had a seizure, um, but they told me I couldn't drive um, for six months, and they started me on Topamax. And and then I just started having, you know, increasing symptoms. I I couldn't. I was having problems concentrating. Mm Mm-hmm. My fingers were getting tingly. Um, I couldn't remember conversations. Um, I kept, you know, going back there. Um, he suggested perhaps I was depressed um, because I was going through a divorce at the time mm-hmm. and ordered a neuropsych evaluation and a prescription for an antidepressant. My neuropsych evaluation didn't show depression or anxiety, but it did show I had, um, for my education level, um, not what they would expect um, as far as um, abilities and um, cognitive. Sorry, and how did how did they test that? Sorry, Christine, how did they test that? The neuropsychological evaluation um, takes about eight hours. Mm-hmm. Um, they test all sorts of things from memory, executive functioning. Um, sometimes they'll do some ADHD testing in there, some spatial awareness testing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, vocabulary testing, math, um, 
it's just a whole litany of tasks. Okay, um, be, be, sorry to interrupt because I have to be honest. I was at an MS one hundred and one. Presentation a couple of weeks ago, and the neurologist was, you know, showing people on the chart. Like, if you've had it for this many years, you're going to be like this. And then he said, and you know, if you've had it for you know X amount of years, you've lost like considerable um, um, cognitive reasoning, cognitive ability. And I put up my hand. And I said, well, wait a minute. I've been living with this for 35 years, and you know, I'm fine. And he said, well, you know, I don't know. You might think you're fine, but you might. And I, I got really. I got a little, little stressed because I said, wait a minute, from the get-go, you tested my reflexes, you tested my balance, you've tested my resistance, you never tested my cognitive ability. So how can you say um, in what, you know living with MS for this long that you know, you're not able to do what you used to do? So I guess now they're, they've, they've cottoned on to this. They're actually yeah. now testing. Okay. This was back in, I want to say, 2007 right. that I okay. had my first mm-hmm. psychological evaluation. Okay. Um, um, they, they, and I read some articles that they now know that actual cognitive changes in MS can actually occur very early on. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as sometimes some of the first signs. Um, and I, I am a person that's very in tune to, you know, what's happening with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was feeling like I, you know, I operate at a very high level and I was feeling like I was operating at a very low level, which I then learned wasn't very low. I just felt like for me... Well, yeah, because because I've reviewed your your information, and Christine, I mean, you're all in. I mean, you're at the top of your game. You know, professionally, you're at the top of the game, and also within the MS community, you're at the top of your game. Um, how are you feeling these days? Um, yeah, it's in, so it's in, <laughs> it's interesting that you um, noticed that because. It's, that's actually something I'm working on, my all-in personality. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, raised to be that kind of person. You know, um, I was always an athlete. Um, I was always taught to, you know, do my best in anything I do. And, um, you know, once you get an illness like this, you you can't always be all-in. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I, I'm working on. I'm trying to strike a balance. Um, and I have a neuropsychologist. Sorry, sorry to tell you, but with people with MS, I don't think balance is in the vocabulary. <laughs> They're either no, superstars or... <laughs> yeah, it's interesting you bring that up. I find yeah. we all have very similar personalities that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, we're all very accomplished people. We're all very, um, you know, I don't like to use the term type A, um, but we're all very, you know, we want to do our best. We've mm-hmm. all been, you know, very accomplished in everything we've done, and, and we don't like the fact that maybe we can't, you know, do what we used to do, and we still try yeah. to do it that way. And I've always likened my life now I feel like is the same relaxing riveting course as my MS. Like right. I 
I go up and do everything I can do, and then I crash. And then I go up and do everything I can do, and then I crash. And I'm trying to find that that happy medium. And so, you know, I want to work on, I'm trying to work on how can I be a better participant in things rather than than lead um but i don't know if that's in me yeah i know i'm laughing because it's like it's like yeah oh being a part of something uh no (laughs) it's my show (laughs) you know what i mean it's like i'm like that you know it's like yeah i mean i don't like yeah i'm not a team player it's like i'm a team leader (laughs) yeah and i love working with people and i love um and you know throughout my career i loved mentoring and coaching Mm -hmm. and helping people find what they really wanted to do with their careers. Um, and I still, I still like doing that. And um, so, you know, as far as the pro- projects that are really important to me is something that I'm also trying to work on because, you know, and especially since I had to stop work, you know, we all want to still feel that we're relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after we get diagnosed, we want to feel some sort of relevance and that we're still contributing. And we have to pick those things that are, you know, important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you when you're not working, sometimes you have these feelings in the background of, you know, uh, man, you know, people are going to ask what I do. Right. You know, what am I going to say? You know, um, I have to have some things in my back pocket when I go to meet my uh, fiancés, um, you know, people at this work dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't just tell them, you know, that I don't work. You know, I have to have some, you know, a list of things. Um, so, you know, it's, it's always that balance. Um, but I think the trick is, and I think whether or not you have an illness, the trick is finding things that speak to you. Right, um, right. That are your passion. But then with, with people that have MS, it's also finding things that aren't going to drain you physically and emotionally and listening to your body because your body will give you those warnings, you know, that that you're doing too much. And that's still something that, that I'm working on because I will ignore that and push through. You know, it's interesting that you said that because um, recently I was, I was talking to somebody, um, I was interviewed um, for something, and I said... For me, looking back over the years, um, the the trick is knowing your body because the bo- your your body will give you a tell that there's something in the mail, <laughs> like there's an attack coming down, and it gives you a tell, and so then you can put together um, the the resources you need to avoid it. For instance, for me, if I put my head forward and I can feel tingling down my spine, I know something's up, and exactly. so that I can manage it that way. Do you, does that resonate with you? Yes, and it yes, and it sometimes um, it takes a few years to understand mm-hmm. to understand those things. Like when I was first diagnosed, 
you know, in those first, I would say one to three years are really messy. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You don't, you know, you're, you perhaps are starting a new, you know, disease modifying therapy. Um, I know for me, I was in and out of the hospital a lot. Um, you know, you're getting a lot of symptoms. You know, you don't know, is it a relapse? Is it not a relapse? You know, what, you know, you don't know what's going on and you're trying to just really figure all that stuff out. Um, and as you, you know, as you kind of go on this journey with this new friend or foe, but you want to make it a friend, it, you know, they, it's the friend will give you the, the signals and learning and learning mm-hmm. the signals, mm-hmm. but it's, it, it's not, uh, to me, it's going to be a lifelong process. We, we, uh, sorry to interrupt, but we had a guest once, um, who had, and I just thought that was, was the best analogy. Um, she said, you know, Marie, you have to treat your MS like a special needs child. Um, you know, so don't go shopping when there's a lot of crowds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, you know, if you have MS, crowds will, you know, freak you out. And, um, and so that was really helpful for me to, in planning my day, uh, to sort of look at it that way. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the best things for me, um, you know, I came from a world that um, my professional schedule was call from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., you know, all the way through 7 or 8 p.m., and maybe I ate, maybe I didn't, maybe I went to the restroom, maybe I didn't, and when I stopped working, I still scheduled myself that way. I would have, you know, doctor appointment, doctor appointment. And when I went to um, a speech therapist who actually, they actually do cognitive and behavioral Mm -hmm. therapy as well, they'll actually sit with you and look at your daily schedule. She looked at my daily schedule and said, okay, you have an appointment from 9 to 10, but you don't have, when you wake up, and you need to, you know, brush your teeth and get dressed and eat and then drive to the appointment. She's like, that's a good two or three hours right there. Right, Then you right. have your appointment. Then you have to drive back. And she's like, that's about five hours. But yeah. she said, you only have one hour. Right, right. And I was like, What? Yeah. And then she said, okay, and then where is your rest time in the day? And yeah. I was like, rest time? Yeah. I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, I know. So tell me about your work with the MS community. You're a bit of a patient advocate, right? Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's been interesting. It's kind of just evolved, like most things in my life, it's, you know, are very unplanned and, and special and just, um, kind of fall into my lap. Um, I a couple years ago, I received an email um, from the National MS Society um, about a topic um, here in the U.S. about step therapy. Um, which Sorry, what kind of therapy? Step therapy, which is also known as known as fail first. Um, so when the insurance company will say. 
yes, your doctor has prescribed this medication for you, mm-hmm. um, but we feel that you need to try this drug and this drug and fail them first oh, before no. you can have right. the drug your doctor wants you to have. And oh, is that because? I, sorry to interrupt. Is that because those drugs are cheaper? Is that what the insurance company is saying? Sometimes, um, but the interesting thing with MS medications is they all cost around the same. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of reasons why that happens um, in the U.S. Um, with MS drugs. Some of them have to do with um, pharmacy um, companies and maybe kickbacks they give to the insurance company. Um, you know, for using specific drugs, right, right, um, which are called. Um, pharmacy um, benefit managers or PBMs. Right. Um, there's a lot of different reasons why. Um, but I just happen to have just been through that particular situation. Um, so I talked to the MS Society, and um, before I knew it, I wound up um, testifying at a committee um, in the state of Georgia about my experience with step therapy. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, you get to be like, that's when you get to be an actual voice for the people. That's great. Yeah, and I became a district activist leader. Oh, my God. Um, Okay. And then I was nominated to be the chair of our government relations advisory committee here in Georgia. Yeah. Um, I went to the public policy conference in Washington, D.C., and spoke to our lawmakers and legislators about um, a variety of healthcare topics, right. um, access to medications and pricing right. of medications, step therapy, legislation, and um, and then this last session um, we had a bill here in Georgia about licensing and manufacturing. Um, cannabis for the purposes of producing low THC CBD oil. Right. And I testified right. to the Senate committee right. about that. Wow, that's amazing. You know, that is, it's so great to hear because here in Canada, um, we have a gentleman who is, he's known as the face of pharmacare. Um, because my concern is, um, and I don't think that, you know, a lot of people understand this when I'm on Twitter and I'm talking about meds, um, that, you know, in the UK, it's a different scene. In Canada, um, it's a different scene, the way drugs are covered. Um, and in the U.S., it's a different scene. And so I try to have a balance where, you know, I worry because people who can't afford medication um, and don't get medication are hearing about all these wonderful things, but they don't have access to it. And that, that always worries me, right? Um, so it's good to know that um, there are true, true activists out there, um, you know, fighting for this because, you know, it should be, uh, you know, care for all and um, fair for all. And, um, you know, I'm really glad you're out there doing that. I think it's so important. Thank you. I I never saw this as a path for me, um, to, to be honest. Um, I just, it just is something that happens. And, and this is, I, I don't have by any means a Pollyanna view of our illness, but mm-hmm. I am a firm believer that the illness as much as it can take away from us, it does bring many gifts. Okay, so tell me three things that you think that, that the disease has brought you. It has given me the opportunity 
to be able to ask myself questions earlier in life um, mm-hmm. that many people don't get to ask themselves until they stopped working or reached retirement. Right, right. Um, like, you know, who am I really? Um, you know, now what is it that I really want to do? Um, and I feel like that's been, you know, a big gift. While well, the loss of my career, because I, I did love it so much, was a, was a struggle for me. Um, I get to kind of I, I'm not, I don't want to say I'm a new person, but I'm almost back to the person reinvented? I was meant to be. Are you reinvented? Almost, like a renaissance almost. A yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the person who I was um, when I was little. Yeah. So okay. the person who loved the arts, the person who loved to help people, the person who loved um, animals. Um, you know, all the things that you wanted to do, but maybe were thought or told, well, you can't make money doing that. Right. Um, you know, you have those freedoms. Right. Okay. So the last question I'm going to ask you, and I ask this of all my guests, um, if you, if, if you knew that a, a person who was newly diagnosed was listening in, um, what pieces of advice would you want them to hear? So, I would say surround yourself with a complete care provider team. Mm -hmm. And with that, I mean, yes, you have your MS provider, um, but at times you'll need a good occupational therapist. Right. You'll need a good uh, physical therapist, a speech therapist that can help with swallowing and also um, your cognitive issues and scheduling, um, a nutritionist if, if that's something you need, um, a neuro-ophthalmologist if you're having bouts mm-hmm. of optic neuritis or vision issues, and don't be afraid to seek um, counseling, um, particularly in relationship issues. Um, we have a very high divorce rate um, mm-hmm. with our illness, um, and I can say that um, because I've um, suffered divorce twice. Oh, okay, I'm sorry to hear that. And um, I talk to a lot of people who, you know, have been through that, and MS will, whatever problems, you know, or issues you had in a marriage, MS will bring those out tenfold. Right, right. Um, so seek counseling for yourself um, as well as you and your, you know, care partner. Right. Um, the One of the biggest things and successes that I've done for myself in my life has been going to see um, my neuropsychologist weekly or every other week for over three years. Right. Um, it's been a journey of self-discovery. Um, it's been hard work, you know, turning that mirror on yourself, mm-hmm. um, taking accountability. Um, but it's a really good way to deal with the grief, um, but also, you know, sorting through and, and trying to move forward. Okay, great. 
Well, that you know, that's amazing advice. Um, and, you know, I want to thank you so much for, for being on the show this morning. I'm looking forward to connecting uh, later on. Um, you've, you've given me so much, uh, so much information to think about and to explore for new shows. Um, thank you so much, Christine. Um, I hope you have a wonderful sure. day today. Thank you. Okay, you take care. Talk soon. Thanks. Okay. Thank you for listening to Living with MS Truth Be Told. I'm Marie Heron. If you have any comments or questions about today's podcast, give me a shout at marie at truthbetold.ca.